Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So we have not been hamstrung with the socialist Marxist bill of bankruptcy, tyranny, and fraud. Just yet. The Marxists are still arguing about it. There are so many things that are stuffed into this bill. Uh, It was funny to me to watch the pretend Democrat, hurry up, let's read it, that took took place at 11 o'clock at night as they were literally... I guess they were calling it news reporting, but it was advertising for why a bunch of frauds, political whores, should vote on something that none of them have a clue what's in it. None of them. In fact, the changes that we're moving are moving rapidly and with a tremendous amount of ambiguity. Luckily, there are some instances where the Wall Street Journal, which I used to have the utmost respect for, I don't have that much respect for it anymore. However, it still does have some wonderful articles in it we are all facing massive inflation from just a year ago just a year ago it's really every commodity every aspect of the goods and services you need and there is also something that's been happening that most people don't want to talk about there are a hundred million actually 1.45 million people out of the workforce in America today. I'm watching the phony cook job numbers, which are given to us by the government that is very comfortable in lying to us. There is never any distinction between, are you counting government jobs in your jobs number? We now know the answer is yes. So when they say they're creating jobs, they're not splitting hairs on those jobs that actually are paid for with Tax money. Now, you can argue value, right? And I'll argue value. The police force is value. The fire department is value. However, I want you to keep in mind, and this is no offense to my relatives who are firemen, and 70% of the country, the fire departments are volunteer. But you can't have that in a city like Chicago. I understand that. So there are value. There are value in municipal workers. There's value there. Absolute and total. We need some of them. I don't think we need the kind of departments we have. In fact, I think if you were really an advocate for saving the people money, you would privatize a vast majority of that. However, those are, are, are employments that are value to the people. To count that as a job versus a liability is something I've argued with for decades. If it's paid for by taxpayer money, and this means teachers too, think about this. How is it an asset to the – I mean, it's value – but it's not actually a job. In fact, it should be in the liability column. 
So when I read an article that says 100, 450,000 Americans are not in the labor force for the 14th straight month, this is a number that was a fraction of that prior to COVID. So when we talk economics and when we see politicians come out and lie, they're trying to give you a false sense of confidence because in their mind, their fraud is easier when you're confident in their ability to improve things rather than the reality of them harming everything. But at a certain point, even Democrats have to scratch their head when you hear the president, by the way, who's always been a liability. We have a president that is advocating how he's going to fix things without ever achieving anything in life. He has been a politician. His job is literally to put on a clean suit and a clean shirt and go out and lie to you in between times he's hitting on on, on bartenders, waitresses, and his staffers. Because that's what Joe Biden really has been doing for half a century. But even this has to be offensive to Democrats. Yes, there's, you know, there's a lot more to be done. We still have to tackle the costs that American families are facing. But this recovery is faster, stronger, and fairer and wider than almost anyone could have predicted. The devastation from the political actions are what's more devastating than most people could predict. But the idea that things are getting better is something that I think Americans are seeing their paychecks go up. So I wanted to know, how many of you have seen your paychecks go up? Now, I'm not going to get complex and say how many of your paychecks paychecks have uh, kept up with inflation because the answer to that, unless you're in on a government scam, is nothing. You can't keep up with inflation. That's why so many people are being harmed by it. But I wanted to also say the way that he buys some sense of grace with the people is because he's also luring a section of society into welfare that never would have entertained it. Never. Now, I believe welfare to be even some of the PPP loans and the rest of it, and we've covered how they've been frauded. But this is something that is diabolical. And it was actually started under the Trump administration. Democrats are offering a a $3,600 allowance for children under the age of 6, $3,000 for ages 6 through 17. In this bill that they're voting on, this will extend through 2025. This will extend through. So someone who's earned $0 last year, someone who has earned $0, but they have two children under the age of 6, will make $7,200 in welfare. This is welfare. And they're calling it a child allowance. They're calling it a tax credit, whatever words they are. In fact, what's released today by the University of Chicago economists is that they looked at how the larger and fully refundable credit would influence and incentivize or disincentivize work. Some 1.5 million workers, that's people now, or 2.6% of all working parents could in essence exit the workforce because they now have this welfare to fall back on that is not being sold as welfare. That is my biggest problem with it because for me, if the American people knew that the only time socialism has ever taken hold of a country is when that country was impoverished in the beginning. Wealthy countries do not voluntarily go into the idea of socialism, or in our case, the Marxist mafia. No American worker, even those that are bordering poverty, would willingly, willingly 
give up their opportunity or their children's opportunity for a brighter future by submitting to this corrupt mafia we're calling a government. And this is what they're negotiating. You know, as you sit there and you wonder, what are they possibly doing? They are figuring out numbers and ways in which to bribe people to give up their freedom, their American dreams, and the principles of America in order to reach a level of welfare they're comfortable with. And in there lies the real problem. So as you hear all of this, realize that what they're doing simultaneously with that is protecting their own millionaires. You know, where Trump was brilliant was when he basically capped the state and local taxes at $10,000 because what he was, in essence, doing is forcing you to look locally at how bad you're being robbed in these Democrat mafia states. And by the way, the state and local tax cap really affected those people who were living on a certain backdoor welfare, those multimillionaires that were able to deduct the failed states that they lived in, local and state municipal taxes, by getting a federal handout or a cover and have and being subsidized. So when you heard these things of people saying, oh, no, blue states give more to the federal government than red states, that is a lie. That is a lie of propaganda because it's within those blue states that they hide under the state and local tax so-called exemption. Why in the world should they be subsidized rather than be aware of how much they're losing in the states and the local municipalities that are robbing them? So guess what else is in this bill? They're putting that right back in there. Yeah, I mean, if you include that full salt repeal, you could end up with a net tax cut, net tax cut for many millionaires. So, you know, that's sort of not making good on their promise to tax the rich. And by the way, if you add the cap back at the end of those five years, you could then end up increasing taxes on people making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year, which would also violate another campaign pledge of the president's. So see, I believe in capitalism. I do not believe in this soiree of corruption and Keynesianism where poor people and middle class people are subsidizing millionaires. See, to me, it's buyer beware. If you choose to live in a corrupted state, in a corrupted area, then pay the cost. But don't get subsidized because you want an exemption in there because you you live in, uh, I don't know, what do you, you live in Hinsdale and you're paying 80000 a year in taxes rather than focusing on your local taxes and your state taxes, you don't get to deduct that from the federal government. See, I'm for fair taxation. Really, the definition of fair. So for just a moment, let's take the position of why in the world should Illinois be subsidized by the federal government through assault deduction? Why? That's what Trump did. A Republican did that. And what he did is force those people to realize exactly how they're being robbed at the state and local level. See, if we're going to fix this, we have to fix it on the basics. If people want to be socialists, make them admit it. And then support these kind of bills where you're forever changing the financial trajectory of your nation. Because that's what Democrats do. Now, we could exploit the inflation and exploit their incompetence and their failure. But I think it's time to have that broader discussion. Are, Are you want to give it up? Do you want to give up American business, American capitalism, and the American way of life so that these morons, these morons could be in charge of it? If you think you might commit sexual assault, always carry a whistle. When you find yourself about to commit sexual assault, 
blow the whistle until someone else stops you. I mean, clearly somebody of that intellect, somebody of that intellect should be in charge of everything from health care to child care to schooling, because this is what they're doing with this bill. And the reason that they're rushing and they're trying to jam it down your throat today isn't just because they want to catch flights and go raise money and make sure they have more cutouts for millionaires. It's because what they realize from the election you saw on Tuesday is they're wrong. The vast majority of people, poor people, middle people, rich people, the vast majority don't want to be communists. They don't want to be Marxists. They don't want to be socialists. Now all we have to do is make the rest understand what it really looks like to be under the thumb of these corrupt rats calling themselves Democrats, calling themselves politicians. 312-642-5600. All right, always uh, Friday features with me, and nobody calls in the first time, and I get it, one or two callers, but there's a reason I wanted to discuss this, because this is the most important thing facing us right now. We need to kill this bill. If we kill this bill, if we hold it off, then we can maybe, maybe push back the socialist tsunami, the quicksand of failure, And hopefully, hopefully, not go through four years of this incompetent moron, this corrupt, diaper-wearing dimwit destroying us. But when I hear that Jackson Lee from Texas, how did this lady get elected? Honest to God. Hello, I'm Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. The work we do in Washington, it's not about elections, but it is about representation. I'm here tonight. It's 11 o'clock. The Rules Committee is about to go in. We'll come back again at 8 a.m., I want to go through the Build Back Better Act. She cannot go through it from 11 to 8. She's not going through it from 11 to 8. She's lying. It's just an atrocity. And the reason that they're doing this is because, to a certain extent, they have stirred up their communist domestic terrorist base. And there's nothing more than facing the eco-Nazis. Now, this is going to be a clip about Joe Manchin. I want you to keep in mind when you hear this clip. I never liked Joe Manchin. I think Joe Manchin is a political whore who you can never count on, who will eventually do the wrong thing. I think he was under a tremendous amount of pressure because we all saw, as the nation saw, what was actually going on in Virginia during this cycle of their governor, and he probably was afraid they'd recall him. But now it's now he's there. And I want you to hear, here's a guy elected in the 80s. Now, they said he went up to his boat. You remember that clip a couple of weeks ago? Boat. Well, you turn up, you figure out it's a 50-foot ship. It's not a boat. Joe Manchin lives in a $2 million house ship, not house boat. And I want you to just hear the beginning of this clip because I found this to be laughable. And moderate Democrat Joe Manchin is a key vote who's objected to much of the spending bill. Well, he's feeling the heat from the far left out on the street. So look at this. Environmental activists swarming Senator Manchin, following from his D.C. houseboat, then surrounding his Maserati as he tried to drive. Wait, wait. Surrounding his what? His Maserati? He's an 80-year-old political whore. He's got a Maserati? You're a se- Are you nuts? Do you have any idea what it's really like? Most of us have no idea what Washington is really like. These are a bunch of multi-multi-multi-millionaires living in Caligula. We have no idea. Oh, they're working hard for the people. How does Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin, $2 million boat and a Maserati. I got to hear it again. And moderate Democrat Joe Manchin is a key vote who's objected to much of the spending bill. Well, he's feeling the heat. from. By the way, does anybody with a Maserati, 
Now, I, I love a Maserati. Let me tell you something. I'm a car guy. Love it. Always wanted a Maserati. Lamborghini. I love it all. But I'm a capitalist. And I'm not moderate in anything. Does anybody who owns a, Ma- a Maserati, can anybody ever describe them as moderate? I'm a moderate, but I drive a Maserati. Far left, out on the street. So look at this. Environmental activists swarming Senator Mansion, following from his D.C. houseboat, then surrounding his Maserati as he tried to drive great. out of a parking garage. Money that important, Joe Manchin? Is it more important than my life, Joe Manchin? Listen to how hysterical these children are. Children. Emotional children, but dangerous. Because they're chanting for something that they have an idea works. Reminds me of the vaccine. Reminds me of all the stuff we're facing here. But when you see that our, our future economy hangs on the balance of a 50-year political whore who goes from his 50-foot ship into his Maserati and stands to make a tremendous amount of power and money by passing this bill, I'm amazed this thing didn't pass today. I am absolutely amazed it didn't pass today. But I do think it's just a matter of time in the future because I listen. I listen to when they talk. And now I have an important announcement on progress for the president's agenda. I'm pleased to announce that an agreement has been reached to lower prescription drug prices for seniors and families in the Build Back Better legislation. Fixing prescription drug pricing has consistently been a top issue for Americans year after year, including the vast majority of both Democrats and Republicans who want to see a change because they simply cannot afford their medications. The sign will come when you hear a Republican mirror that phrase. It'll come when the first Republican breaks on one of these socialist elect me and I'll set you free topics. In the meantime, I'm hoping that there's enough of us to put leverage on enough of the Joe Mansions out there that really would have preferred if the reporter said he was in a Buick. I think that would have been better for him, but it does expose exactly what we're dealing with. An 80-year-old in a Maserati. Oh, boy. 312-642-5600. I like this song. All right. The reason that this show is successful, the reason that um, we are all here and we are putting up a fight is because we recognize that freedom is under attack. It is clearly the, the goal of the American mafia Marxist to, to attack freedom at every turn. Now imagine being somebody who's had quite the career, worked in education as a political leader, an elected official, in fact even an ambassador. Well, that is Ken Blackwell, and he is here to do something about it, so I wanted to have him on to talk about exactly what we need to do. Now, we all know we need to organize. Ken has taken it upon himself to jump to the forefront. How are you, Ken? I'm doing fine, Sean. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you came up with this, but I have to tell you, this last 10 months has felt like 10 months in solitaire confinement in, in Sing Sing. I can't. It can't end fast enough for me, so I'm excited whenever somebody's putting up a fight against it, and that's what you're doing. Well, I'm doing it with Freedom Square. It's it's, it's a it's a community. It's a digital count uh, commonwealth. You know, a a web portal for freedom loving Americans to access news, information, podcasts, interactive forms. Uh, 
it's an opportunity for us to just be forced multipliers for for one another as we exercise our human agency to defend and advance freedom. Look, John, Aristotle summed it up when he said that there's a dynamic tension between the organized power of the state and individual liberty. The more muscular uh, the, the the state, the the more threatening and the and the lessening of individual liberty. And what we have now, as as being evidenced by uh, this runaway spending, these ridiculous uh, social welfare uh, building uh, proposals by the mansion, uh, not 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 mansioned by the Biden administration, yeah. uh, these are threats to our liberty because they are exploding uh, the, the 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 expansion of government. Uh, and they are they are a direct threat, and it, it comes out of a big government socialism, almost if not Marxist in nature, that does a number of things. It destroys the family. It it runs faith and God out of the public square, uh, and uh, that is something that we have to push back. Our our our, our government is a constitutional republic that optimizes individual liberty. And Ken, there's another reality here. The reality is we have been out-hustled, we have been out-organized, and we are losing this battle. When you look at what we're going through, now you've been around a long time, you've been from an educator to the mayor of Cincinnati, uh, to the U.N. ambassador and the Trump cabinet, you've seen a lot. And one thing is, is, is for sure is that the American Marxist is diabolical. They hide in the Democrat Party. And they're using their organization skills to do everything from bastardize election results to hide intended failed bankruptcy plans in spending bills. And I think it's crucially important that you push back this fight. But I want to go back to when you were an educator. Do you not think this is something that has been used for the last half a century? to take our children and indoctrinate them into a soft socialist mindset to where they're willing to give up freedom in the name of safety that we're watching right now. Again, remember what Marxism does. It destroys the family, the family that is the incubator of liberty. It, in fact, tries to convert people from free citizens to, to subjects. And they do this through systematic and systemic education. Uh, and you're right. We've witnessed this slow erosion of understanding and comprehension of the basis of our freedom. That Declaration of Independence, that second paragraph that says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. My dad used to say that means in common language, any knucklehead should be able to get this, that we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights, which means that our rights are not grants from government. They're gifts from God. And that's why the Marxists, the big government socialists, they try to drive God and faith out of the public square, and they try to destroy the family. And, and, and so whether it's an attack on the Second Amendment, whether it's an attack on the religious liberty, where it is the explosive growth of the welfare state, it's, it's a frontal attack on our liberty, and you're right. The great abolitionist Frederick Douglass said it best. Those who are whooped easiest 
or whoop most often. And that's why Freedom Square exists to create a hotbed for pushing back, for, for action, 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 really understanding the agency that has been invested in us by our creator to correct, to direct the flow of history. History is not a snapshot in time. It is a process. It flows. It is influenced by human agency and human engagement. And that's what we're here about, pumping up the engagement and, in fact, fighting back against this threat to our liberty and our constitutional republic. And the reality is it can be corrected. You know, I, I, I love to watch a lot of old videos, and this is not something that I think it's this is the, the, the largest assault on freedom and liberty and American principles we face, but it's not the only one. And if you go back through history and you watch the uh, the uh, Rothbards, if you watch Freedmen, if you watch some of the uh, people who put this fight back on the collectivists, even so much as... Um, the 30s, you can go back and, and, and really yeah. kind of listen to it. As the, well, the one thing they never had was the opportunity of what we have and what we take for granted, and that is our ability to organize. And something like Freedom Square could be, a, 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 I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm praying, that it is a catalyst for a revised patriotism and bringing people who are trapped in these totalitarian states like Illinois, like California, New York, and New Jersey, this is something where those people who are trapped can go and coordinate and collaborate with each other. So I think it's a fantastic idea. And uh, how's it been so far? Have you, you, I'm, you oh, you've it, launched already? We, yeah, it's great. We 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 are engaged in the, the 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 problems confronting people at the community level, whether it is the wave of crime and the. Uh, a ridiculous call for defunding to the police. Uh, we understand basic economics. Capital seeks the path for least resistance and greatest opportunity. And what you are watching is that these cities that are run by big government socialist Marxist mayors have in fact run capital out of their communities. And as a consequence, not only are their communities not safe, there is not job creation. There is, in fact, their cities are not opportunity yeah. uh, communities. They are killing fields. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you know our, our founders, they, they wanted to create fields of dreams, not killing fields. And that's what these the socialist, big government, welfare state politicians yeah. are delivering. And it, it, it gets spelled out in very human terms and the misery index is escalating and we're pushing back ken you're talking to a chicago radio show where the uh radio host his big idea to retire is i'm coming out with a kevlar clothing line so i completely understand and so <laughs> so do my listeners i also want to take advantage of having you on the phone you were mm-hmm. the ambassador um mm-hmm. for trump's cabinet so you traveled the world is there anywhere that you saw where this collectivist top-down system creates anything other than hopelessness and feudalism. Did you see a successful communist, Marxist, socialist nation that it, you admired and said, I think I'd give it all up for this kind of safety? <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, those, those countries are on the ash bin of history, whether it is the former Soviet Union, whether it's our next-door neighbor, Venezuela, uh, those folks who have 
chase individual freedom out of the marketplace, they have in fact become bastions for losing. And, and that's what this administration, uh, that's what these radicals on the left are doing to our country. Uh, and, but, it's, but it's time to push back, whether it's elections. Let me just say, I, I was a secretary of state uh, and I, I, I co-chair an international organization that looks at elections across the globe. One of the things that I just champion about the American system is that the foundation of the American system of self-governance is liberty and the core expression of the people's liberty is the ability to vote in free and fair elections. And so safeguarding the integrity of our elections is paramount to the preservation of our republic. And we, in fact, as opposed to being that shiny city on the hill for others to illuminate and, 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 to, and to imitate uh, and to be guided by, we, in fact, are falling into a path of disarray. Uh, and, and what's at stake here is what we have built in 245 years. We are the most robust. The, the most diverse, uh, the most free constitutional republic in all of human history. I love it, and I am so happy, and I don't mean this in any condescending way. I'm proud to be affiliated with um, anybody who would start such a mission and take it on head first like this. So it's freedomsquared.com. He is Ken Blackwell. You've been nothing but an asset to the country, to the movement for freedom and liberty. I want to thank you on behalf of all of those Chicagoans trapped in the hellhole. And just to be clear, you did say earlier, ash bin, not ass end, right? Either one works. <laughs> I just want to be sure. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, Brandon. All right. Let's go, Brandon. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank right. you. Talk to you. All right. We'll be back with your calls and comments. I really like this song. All right, so listen, to me, the answers are really simple. They really are. It's freedom for the citizen. End the story. Freedom for the businesses. End the story. You want to know what's going on with the the supply chain? I got the supply chain. Got your supply chain. You got your inflation. All of it, a ramification and result of idiots in government. Every single problem. Here, you want to know what would help? I've got inflation. Oh, do you? Where's the inflation? It's transitory. Ooh, transitory. I don't remember hearing that word before this year. What does it mean? It's temporary. Okay, then suspend taxes on it. I mean, after all, government people, if it's so temporary and we should just be patient, you be patient. No more taxes on anything that's inflationary. What do you say about that? See, because here's the dirty little secret. The taxes are a percentage of the cost. So the whole time you get a a revolving door of these political whores that come out and say, it's transitory. They're making more money because the, the taxes are a greater percentage of a larger number. So to think you're going to get mercy from a government that's raking it in as our prices go up is moronic. It's dumb. They love inflation. It's their friend. And you know how you can tell? When you ask them for help and they laugh at you. 
In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on that. And not to mention, I like that she laughs at our pain. Because what this political whore is, is an investor in green energy companies. So she wins on both ends. Her government gets more revenue as you pay higher costs. Winner! And then the money in the bill, instead of going to help your costs and alleviate your pain, goes into green energy boondoggles. Winner! Granholm wins both sides. The only one that's a loser is her husband when she gets home and hopefully is not in the mood. You want to talk about a long night? Hang on, honey. Chavez and Viagra. As you know, of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel. It's us, stupid. I know that most people who voted for you do not even know, do not even understand what Standard Oil was. They don't understand what the Industrial Revolution really was to this country. They can't figure out for the life of them how a country is the richest and strongest in the shortest period of time because they're voting for you, right, Granholm, you moron, you fraud, political whore that you are. So you can blame a cartel. It exists because we made it exist. Boy, that's way too deep, right? You can't go into the antitrust laws and how they built up these third-world hellholes that were the inbreds still walk around in bedsheets. We don't want to talk about how the reason that the entire Middle East even exists is because of our political whores back then that made it virtually impossible for an oil company to rise and really succeed without the blessing of a corrupt politician you bought like a chiclet in a store. See, once again, the whole problem, you. We're just 100 years down the road from when you original political extortionists destroyed the American oil industry. And for once, we had a chance for it to be back on track. But you didn't like that guy. So you came up with a phony scam to character assassinate one of the only people that made things better in the last 30 years of this country. And you got your way. But here, thanks to the dossier slash dozer, we now know (laughs) that you made it all up. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. See, I told you, these son of a dogs, these rat bastards. Looking at Wolf Blitzer, key Democrat, just told Wolf Blitzer, who may or may not be in Miami, reporting on Washington, that Pelosi plans for infrastructure vote tonight. Sure. That's when they're most uh, obviously aware of their surroundings, these 80-year-old dementia patients meandering around the Capitol. Let's wait till they're real good and tired. I knew a guy who had a whole sales pitch around that. He was a, it would sell aluminum siding. He'd wait till after dinner. And he'd go knock on the door. They were willing to buy anything. It's exactly what we're facing right now. 
And uh, one thing has really been bothering me is the $450,000 to illegal aliens. And I say that by somebody who has advocated for a system of, of a convenient transition to citizenship, the way in which this country was built up. But yet, back then, there was no welfare. No, no, no. Everyone says, well, you're from an immigrant. Yeah, you're right. And we lived in ghettos. Yes, but we did. And we worked our way out of it. That's why you had such neighborhoods that were from the same ethnicity back in the day. They helped each other out. That's the only time I believe in socialism, when it's voluntary. But the fascists like involuntary. Involuntary socialism. Like the idea we would give $450,000 to individuals who broke the law knowingly. Knowingly. And, you know, Bunny was just telling me a story during the break. One of her friends is married to a, a wonderful uh, ethnic person from a different country who may or may not have created the Kama Sutra. Understand why he pulled the trigger on that one. Anyway, she can't get her green card unless she gets vaccinated, is the talk. And, you know, it's funny. I had to go pick up T-shirts. Tomorrow's the big event, Freedom Summit. I had to go pick up T-shirts for my high tide cream. I, I got the Sean Thompson show. V-neck shirts for the girls. And on my way there, I saw a, a transport van for, for TV. You know, they still shoot movies in Chicago. So I want you to, I, 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 I wish Jim was here. I'd put it on the website. Chicago Med NBC Universal. This is a sticker on the side of the van. Capacity based on non-vaccinated crew occupancy. They're making the guys who work on the set who are not vaccinated. You travel in a different van. You're the van of the, yeah, you're the unwashed. I got the sticker right here. If I didn't see it, I would not believe that we're in America. But we're not in America anymore. This is the Fourth Reich. And these same militant, socialist, vicious, rotten human beings that occupied the Third Reich, they occupy the Fourth Reich. Yes, they do. Here's Mayorkas. Ironically, a Cuban from a Cuban family. His family literally risked life and limb. God knows how they got here, but I'm guessing accommodations weren't wonderful. To leave a communist, fascistic tyranny to come to America, and now here's their bald son. See, here's another thing. There's not a lot of bald Cubans. Very rare. Very rare to spot a bald Cuban. It's also rare to spot a communist Cuban here in America. But here he is, Mayorkas. Porter um, asked him about reports of possible payments, compensatory payments, up to $450,000 has been the report for separated parents. I, I got the impression the president had not heard about these reports before. Um, but he um, said that's not going to happen, even though, of course, he's the one who had said during the campaign that the separation of these families was shameful and intolerable and not who we are. So how should the government navigate this? I understand that compensation is not DHS's role, but still. So, so there, are two, there are two different um, uh, efforts, uh, and the president has... Um, adhered with orthodoxy to the words of the past in terms of it's shameful and it's not who we are. Um, I love this because I want you to focus on one thing. He's talking about a policy that he views as shameless and not who we are. And they are going to settle with people who claim to be victimized by that. That means we get to sue too from all of these policies that they're jamming down our throat that is destroying the quality of our life. That is why I'm dead serious. 
I am seriously considering starting a law firm, as ridiculous as that must sound to people. I absolutely am. Let's sue everybody, because if you're going to give it to this, then you're going to give it to me. And I'm going to hit you on every policy, every one. I will prove beyond the shadow of a doubt how socialism destroys the quality of our life. Not to mention when all the results of this experiment you're calling a vaccine rears its head in the future and the devastation it's causing from depression to strokes to all the other stuff you're lying about, you bald bastard. The, the, the figures of compensation that is being handled by the Department of Justice is in the context of the Federal Tort Claims Act cases as distinct from the Family uh, Reunification Task Force that we in the Department of Homeland Security operate. And They're in the bureaucracies. This is why. Now I'm going to take Tom. I'm going to take his call. This is why I was dead sent railing against anybody who could not recognize what we'd face. So I'm going to bring him on the line. Tom Deer Parker. Sean, hey, you, you pushed all my buttons. I've got a question for you, asking for a friend right. about the event tomorrow. Yes. First question is, uh, is the water fluorinated? And then I was wondering if you guys are allowing in, and if you do, will you be separating the Marxists, the fascists, the communists, the Democrats, the liberals, and the triple vaccinated Never Trumpers. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I like you. You know I like you. I know you. But you're dead wrong. You've been dead wrong for a year and a half, and you're going to continue down your streak. And here's why. Number one, I, did you think I wasn't going to catch the fluorinated water? See, this, you're, taking the, you're taking that idea that you're smarter than us, and you're wrong, and you're responsible for what we're living through. Not, not directly, but indirectly. Because you couldn't see the forest through the trees, Tom. And you're the one who believed he's just a normal Democrat. So I'm going to ask you because you know better. And now I'm going to check your character. You've lived through it for 10 months. Is this a normal Democrat or was I right? First of all, I didn't vote for him. I'm not suggesting you did. There's a soft way to support him. And you did that. I had low expectations for him. And he has exceeded my expectations. He's had 50 years to get ready for this, and I don't care if he's 80 or not. He should have a team in there. He's a bumbling moron, and he proves it every day. So now, wait a minute now. Getting back to just the question. Was I right, or were you right? And this is your question here to you. Me or you? Simple. Right about what? About what would happen if this moron took the office. I mean, in what way? Can't answer it. In every way. Was your life better before or after? Did you have a better life quality when Trump was in office or now? Which one was it? The quality of my life hasn't changed. Now that's it. I will not accept a lie. I will not accept a liar. I like Tom, but he lied to me. I warned Tom, what would happen if you allowed this 80-year-old, if you didn't advocate, against him yeah i voted for trump this time i understood the failed policies but were you unaware of the fascism that would be thrown at it and here's another question for the libertarians the pseudo-intellectual libertarian who thinks anybody who doesn't agree is a moron are you happy now libertarians hey dummies you how do you like your libertarian quality of life now under the fascistic fraud how do you like it This is why you, instead of voting, and by the way, 
Anybody take a look at Spike Cohen, the vice president libertarian? He's an idiot and a fraud and a piece of garbage. But they all voted for that. And they refused to vote for their quality of life. In essence, destroying mine. So no, the answer, Tom, is keep your ass on the curb. I don't own the Liberty, the Freedom Summit, but if I did, you wouldn't come in and none of you would. Because this is for people who like freedom. It's in the title. Freedom and a summit. You don't. And you didn't fight against it. In my book, is as good as supporting it. 312-642-5600. Everybody forced. You like force, huh? You Democrat roaches. Now you're going to wear the law. See, here's the difference between me and you. I look better in it. I'll afford it better. What Tom didn't want to answer or, or stammered on, everything is more expensive. Your quality of life in these last 10 months sucks unless you're in on the scam. Now, I know what you are. You're on the inside of the Marxist mafia. You got one of your phony contracts or you got one of those sit-on-your-ass jobs. Now I get it. But anybody with an IQ over six understands exactly what we're living through. And it's, this is gonna, you're going to look back on this a year, and you're going to say, remember what a good deal it was when gas only doubled? And it's just gas. Every bill, every item. Because you've got this fascistic diaper-wearing scum for 50 years had been scamming it from his crackhead son to his moron brother and sister, all worth tens of millions. Here's the Democrats. You couldn't look at it? Hey, stupid. You didn't know who Joe Biden was? But now, oh, no, the Republicans are bad. Now we're going to take Mike in Northbrook. Come on, Mike, enlighten us to what fascism is. Yeah, you keep uh, calling. Yeah, you're off the air, you stupid son of a bitch. I don't need you to tell me about January 6th. We weren't there. We didn't try to stop anything. And I wouldn't dirty my shoes with the rest of you scum in Washington. Yeah. January 6th. That's all they got. Trump and January 6th. What about all the force you're going through? Huh, moron? I can't stand these rat Democrats. Change the station. I feel dirty with you even listening. Scum that you are. All right. Tom in Blue Island. Yeah, hey, shy the other Tom. These that smarmy Tom from Deer Park. He was on with Dennis Prager last night. He got or last week. He got a beat down like you can't believe about freedom. Him and Joe Walsh. I used to call them guy or Tom. What he would call back when you were a caller, Sean. Yeah, I wrote, and I Joe Walsh that smarmy. He defend. I ask him. How in the world did the damn Russians get a bunch of Americans to vote for Trump? I used to joke with them that I had a Russian locked in my basement that was that I was holding hostage, that I wouldn't let anyone out. Sean, you and I are neighborhood guys, and I, I know Tom from Deer Park and Tom's actually, Joe Walsh. Hold on, are man, smart. One second. Hold, hold on one second. Tom, Tom from Deer Park is, is twice. Wait a minute. Just give me one second. Yeah. Tom and Deer yes, Park. Sir. Tom and Deer Park is twice the intellect that that. Irish fraud is. Joe Walsh has always been a con man. Joe Walsh is a bust out. If it wasn't for a rich brother, you'd never know his name. Tom is a decent guy who knows better. And by the way, I actually like him. But did you hear him when I had him just tell me the truth? He wanted to stall me. He wanted to stall me. Because here's the other thing. Even the Democrat fraud who wanted to call and talk about January 6th. You understand he knows that that's a lie. 
He knows. Insurrection. Of course. We tried to stop that. I didn't. Listen, first of all, brother, nobody was going to stop that. That was a scam. Stolen Democrat style. Right? That's like that Gungam style. Stolen Democrat style. They frauded the vote. They didn't want to have the audit. They used their their judicial corruption and their Democrat scum judges. They bought off everything and they stole it. I knew that. I knew that was the only way he could lose at the time. Not because I love Trump, but because I had more faith in the people to recognize just exactly how corrupt, how stupid they obviously, and by they I mean Democrats, wrapped in Joe Biden, obviously were. Joe Biden was not like a, ooh, it's, a, it's an enigma wrapped in a riddle. All you had to do was look at what Joe Biden is, was, and will always be. Aside from him just being wrong, let's say you're a legacy Democrat. You can't look and see his kid's been on the board of Amtrak since he's 21 years old. You can't look and see he bought the DuPont Mansion in 1982. He has been owned and operated by everything from credit card companies to insurance companies, all of the things you say you're against, not to mention Wall Street. That's why I, I, I did the, the segment on salt protecting the millionaires. He's bought by the corrupt who want to use a complex tax system to their advantage. He's owned by Big Pharma, by all of it. And you mean to tell me none of the Democrats wanted to look at that? And now you want to, you want to, oh, and then there's January 6th. Get the hell out of here. If January 6th was organized, <laughs> anybody think I would know about it? I think we'd know about it if it was organized. Yet you got a bunch of fat, retired truck drivers all upset waving things. And then when they broke into the Capitol, what'd they do? They sat down. They took the stapler. Oh, it was real chaos. The only insurrection in world history without a weapon. The only one. They got to make up and find. The guy died of a stroke. Ah, he was beat with a fire extinguisher. Lying is their second skin. That's what a Democrat is. But I, I, I have hope that Tom and Deer Park will realize what he did. Yeah, but it's still. But here's the thing, strong. Tom and Blue Island. It's still too late for me. It's a shame. But this is what I do for people who support Democrats. Even if I like you, like I like Tom, I don't want to see him anymore. I don't want him. I don't want him to come to the freedom. So I don't want him. I don't want him around me. Because to me, if you help destroy my country, you know what you are. To me forever a traitor and that's what they are thank you very much i appreciate the call let's go to uh mark in libertyville hello hi mark hey you just stole my thunder that i was just i I told your screener sean that uh how you can be friends or say he's a good guy although you disagree with a guy that is so unappreciative of what we have in this country every single man woman and child that that lives in this country should have an understanding how lucky we are. And if you're too stupid to not realize that, I want nothing to do with you. I but agree. You answered, you, you cut me off <laughs> right before you picked up saying, you know what, I want nothing to do with them because that's where I'm at and my family's at. Because I want nothing to do with these people. Mark, I'm sure, you, I, I don't know if you feel like I do, but I want to ask you before I let you go. It's almost worse when the person knows better. And just because of a character flaw that they have, that's why when I listen to these idiots like Jonah Goldberg, or Stephen Hayes, or the entire the, 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 the parking lot champions of the Forest Preserve like George Will or Bill Crystal, and you hear them try to get their reputation back. It's worse when somebody who knows the difference stabs you in the back than a Democrat who's got his job because his uncle knew the alderman and he sits on his big derriere, he's 400 pounds with cream puff stains on his shirt. You're just a moron, and I get it. But the guys who know better, to me that's worse. So the never-Trumpers... 
And even I'm going to blame the libertarian, the libertarians and the rest of them. If you couldn't recognize what you would have, what you did to this country by sitting idly by as this corrupt, feeble, fascist pig stole an election. Well, then I got no use for you. Now I don't ever want to see you again. Yeah. I say it all the time. You know what? Either uninformed, you're misinformed, or you're so unappreciative, or you're a combination of the three. But you know what? I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. You know what? The bottom line is, is you are taking the most wonderful country, you know what, and destroying it. You're throwing it to the yeah. hyenas. I like it. And you know what? Most people that, Sean, even if they're, un- even if they're uninformed, and I get that because a lot of people don't like to follow this stuff because it's not feel-good stuff. Yeah. These people should know, like Tom should know, you know what? Yeah. Something's horribly wrong here. Yeah, I you know what? I, I don't I don't want I don't want grown men going into my women's bathroom. I don't you know no. what? I don't no. want people just flooding our border. I agree. So Mark, that's you why, why my new shirts I'm working with the guys here. My new shirts from the show are gonna be Sean Thompson show on the front, Biden voters keep out on the back. What do you say? You like it? All right, very good. Thank you I was very just much. Looking Thank you, you very much. I gotta go to break. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. I think it's the um, fact of the matter is they're so obvious in their corruption, these rats. It's so obvious what you are doing, morons. You're the Pied Pipers of the welfare roaches, and that's your entire plan. The whole time while you steal the purse. That's what a Democrat is. I'm, I'm so sick and tired of dealing with these people. And I have to combat the reality of what they do. They destroy everything, every city. Every municipality, every state, they're corrupt. They lie, they cheat, and they steal. By the way, it's also on the uh, New York Times today, or New York Post today. That's the title on the front page, Lie, Cheat, and Steal. And they're talking about the dossier. Dozer. They're talking about it because, you know, the reality is that was a scam and a lie and a fraud. It doesn't matter to them. The proof and the evidence doesn't matter. And that's why they're going to beat the, oh, January 6th was an insurrection. Really? I didn't get the note. Did anybody get a note? I didn't get a note. Nobody said there was going to be an insurrection. Nobody said anything. Of course it wasn't an insurrection. Those are a bunch of, I mean, did you, anybody look at the actual video? The actual video. Now, were there idiots that were breaking things? Yes, but there are tonight in Chicago. And they're called Democrats. It happens every week here. So forgive me if I'm a little tone deaf to a couple of broken windows. By the way, what just happened with the eco-fascists in the same building in the Capitol? They, they arrested 50 of them. Was that on the news? 50 of the people who want to make things green again. See, but those people, those roaches, those communists support AOC. So they arrested 50, 50 on scene for violence and mayhem. What did, 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 did AT&T, CNN cover it? Did Comcast, MSNBC cover it? Did anybody cover it? No. So don't, don't, don't indict me for January 6th. Don't indict me with your race baiting. Don't indict me with your stupidity. You're the ones who can't see what's going on with your politicians. From Biden to Pelosi to pick a scum. Pick a scum. Here's the difference. When a Republican gets caught, let me tell you, I'm the first to want to run them out of town on a rail. You have no tolerance. You, you'll tolerate anything because you want something for nothing. Because as far as I can see, 
a Democrat's a mafia member or a wannabe. That's what makes up the mafia Democrat Party. Celine, Lake Geneva. Hi. I just want to say, first of all, your, your show is my favorite. Oh, thank you. And uh, second of all, uh, I've been behind President Trump from the very beginning, and I downloaded his whole speech and read the whole thing, and there was not one word in there that even suggested insurrection. Celine, if the truth mattered, if the truth mattered, would you have half of the country literally putting forward policies that are not only based in absolute and total force, but in absolute and total failure? You know, it's a very simple thing. Point to a socialist utopia on this earth, and you cannot. They all talk about Nordic countries, which ironically is a joke because you pick a one of them and you're more free in those countries than you are in this one. The problem is their entire policy and their mindset is built on lies. They're liars. So you're dealing with a liar. And now I have to engage you in a conversation. You see how I treat liars. You lie to me once. We're done. We're done. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to tolerate you because you know why? I'm an American. And I have unalienable rights that no scum, no matter what his sales pitch is, gets to take them from me. So that's why the whole thing about society, oh, put your mask on. Why? For society? Yeah, you got to do it for the other guy. Who? For the 400-pound rat Democrat? I don't give a rip if he makes it. I don't give a rip. You're not going to put something on my face or my kids. So now I'll go to, I'll go to high ground where I'm protected. You want to ruin Illinois? Okay. Now I'll go to Florida. I'm out. Because the reality is there are more of them than there are of us in these Democrat sewers. Because you know who stays? Are people in on the scam. That's why I'm proud that you at least are in Lake Geneva. Now go enjoy yourself, <laughs> and thank you for calling. I appreciate sure, it very thanks. much, Selena. Uh, let's go to Dave in Des Plaines. Hi, Dave. Hey. First of all, first-time caller, and i got to tell you, you're saying exactly what everybody's thinking. Oh, thank you. All right. And, um, you know, I was just talking to the screener, and there's no way you're telling me that Jill Biden doesn't know her husband's mental state. Who, Jill Biden? Right? She's the, oh, Jill Biden. She's with him every minute of the, that's like elderly abuse, isn't it? I mean, she's dragging this guy around just so she can get into the White House. Well, you know about, you know? I mean, I you, know Jill, you know Jill Biden, you, do you read her book by, by, her, by her first husband? Oh, you know, I wouldn't. I, I'm oh, it's a very interesting now. book. Jill Biden was Joe Biden. She cheated on her husband with Joe Biden. And they want to say it happened after Joe Biden's wife was killed in the accident. But there's nobody that can verify that. What they can verify is that Jill Biden's husband found out about the affair because Joe Biden got in an accident and posed as her first husband in order to get out of it. (laughs) Do you believe that? So Jill Biden and her first husband were campaign contributors to a young Joe Biden's campaign. And while they were in Joe Biden's house writing checks for his campaign and helping him with his mail out, Joe Biden and Jill were having an affair. So you think somebody like that has any freaking scruples? All she wants to do is be in the White House because for the first time in her useless, miserable life, people are treating her with respect other than what they should be treating her with, contempt. I have contempt for people like Jill Biden. Absolutely none of that surprises me whatsoever out of these people. No. No, that's why you do what what a decent person does from the neighborhood. You get all that out of your system before you get married. That's what I did, and I was quite the cad. Thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate it. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. 
Good. How are you, buddy? Good. This is what I want to say. You're absolutely right. But the other caller, Jill Biden, she doesn't give a darn about her husband tripping downstairs and all that. She's just there. For First the of all, publicity. let's cut her a break. Let's cut her a break. You know what this poor thing has had to put up with? I don't know what it's like to be married to somebody who wears diapers. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be married to somebody who has to pop a pill and a couple of drinks just to get in the mood. That's got to be miserable. Not to mention you got that face coming at you with the lack of expression and the wrinkles and the plugs in his in, her, in, in his hair, head. That's got a lot for any woman to take. So let's cut her a little break. After all, she's earned it. Go ahead. Sean, yeah. Sean, I got one more thing, too. Did you happen to see the dress down that uh, Dr. That Dr. Fauci got from uh, Senator Paul? Dr. Fauci should be ashamed of himself. And how dare he even, uh, you know, Dr. Fauci. Space. It's disgusting. In order, in order to have shame, you have to have dignity. Dr. Fauci has none. Dr. Fauci is a scum. Dr. Fauci is the worst of the worst. He's the prime example of how somebody could stay in a very politicized position for a half a century. 1968. That's when he got the job. I was only born a year before that. <laughs> Do you know what kind of a political whore, scum Dr. Fauci is? Here's what's kind of he is. He's the kind that invested in a virus that took down the world. Financed by Fauci. Financed by Fauci. We also don't know where his money is. But what we do know is that now that pickle-faced son of a dog is going around selling an experiment that has very negative effects. Very negative effects. He's selling his fascism. Because his only way from not spending the rest of his miserable existence in a prison cell is by cozying up the power that can keep him out of it. But I say to this, in this life or the next, the scum like Fauci will pay. I truly believe that. Because what this, what this man did to this nation, what he's done to the world, him and his kind that experimented and weaponized a virus can never be undone. So he better make his tour and he better go on his sale pitch. After all, it's the greatest cover-up in world history, what you're witnessing right here. This is why it's an exciting time to be alive. You're here while the only country built on unalienable rights of the individual gives it away. You're here to watch these idiots calling themselves Democrats literally give away their freedom and their liberty. You're watching their covetous nature of these butter-handed failures or these corrupt dogs as they exploit fear to destroy a nation that could never be destroyed by enemies, but only from within. You're living through it right now. Now, the question is, are you going to do something about it? I am, because I'm going to Freedom Summit tomorrow. And I'll take your calls when I get back. 312-642-5600. I'll sue ya! I'll take all your money! I'll sue ya! If you even look at me funny! I'll sue ya! I'll take all your money! I'll sue ya! If you even look at me funny! I'll Is this the official song of the illegal aliens? This is my new song. Put it under my new song, these son of a dogs. $450,000. How many of us? My mother never, I don't think she had $20,000 to her name ever. Worked three jobs. She lived a lawful life. Break the law, four hundred fifty k. Rat Democrats. Rats. They really are. Lee and Hammond. Hey, Sean. You know, uh, I don't know if you've heard this one. I've heard this recently. 
Uh, it's sort of interesting. Uh, supposedly, right before Obama left office, early 2017, I think, you know, they have to renew the uh, Patriot Act, the NDAA, every year. And supposedly there was a clause put in there by Obama at the time that the media can flat out lie to the American people well, as been long as it's that. considered something that's in the best interest of safety of the United right. States. You're talking about H.R. 4310, 680 pages of B.S., Section 533. Well, you know, that, uh, that would explain exactly what's been going on here with all of this craziness in the media with these wild stories that they, per- that they try to pass off as being true. But you, you have to understand. Since Trump first came into office. When this was all passed and the bills that help American propaganda flourish, there was a, a precedent that you could not sue the federal government. What Joe Biden did by allowing the American Communist Liberation Underground pretending to be the ACLU, the Civil Liberties Organization. What he just did is now set a new precedent that you can, in fact, sue the government for policies. I think he gave us a real, there's the silver lining, Lee. So now it's time we all start to sue. Cue the music, buddy. Uh, He couldn't do it. He thought you were so good. Tom, Park Ridge. Yeah, hey, how you going, Sean? First time caller, first time listener. Oh, uh, it means a lot to me. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, um, yeah. I just wanted to ask the question, you know, uh, what in the heck is the Republican Party uh, actually doing? They're not stepping up their game. They're not fighting as hard as the Democrats. No one's calling them out on anything. They have a um, unique uh, gift, Tom. They have a new, unique gift, and you've seen it here in Illinois. They can, they can walk that line of, isn't this terrible? Send me your check. Rather than, I'm going to do something and change things. And what they've done is they work that organization against the individuals who want to do something. So it's interesting because what they understand is there's a lot of money in second place. For instance, Tom, you do know who controls all the video gaming in Illinois, and you do know who controls most of the pot dispensary licenses and the rest of it, are the, the upper echelon of the Illinois Republican Party. Who's got the best lobbyist firms are the relatives of the Illinois politicians who fail. So it it only leads me to believe, Tom, there's a lot of money in second place in politics because somehow they've allowed, and I blame Republicans for this, they've allowed the idea that what politics needs is just a little more of the people's money in it, and it's sickening to me, Tom. So if I had the answer, brother, I'd be better dressed. What I think the answer is is going back to principles and, and really using the American law as a shield as it was intended. That's what I think the answer is. Right, right. Well, but before we uh, before we end this call, I mean, I just wanted to point out there that um, they're, they're, uh, the Dems are putting forth these crazy bills. Uh, like, for instance, I, I heard that they, uh, not, aside from half a million to illegals, yeah. um, they wanted to um, ma- uh, tax people who make things in America, made in America tax. I don't know if that's <laughs> Tom, true. Tom, I feel like, first of all, Tom, thank you for calling. I'm, lo- I'm going to commercial. I feel like poor Tom is the, the best intended American who must have just kind of realize what we're facing this is what they've been doing to us brother they tax the people who make and earn in the name of those who don't that's not the american system it's the soviet system and we're here to reject it at the sean thompson show we'll be back after this from the streets of melrose park to the trading floor of the Merc. 
He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Do I have a special Friday surprise for you? I have admired her work for years. I also admired in 2016, she shared the same concerns I did and also took the same posture I did after Donald Trump was elected. She became an advocate and defender and she's still defending and she's asking the questions, really answering the questions we all asked and were told to shut up. She is Molly Hemingway, author of the book Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech and Democrats seized our election. I can't help but notice, Molly, you didn't um, put in there Democrat mafia, which is how I like to prefer you know, my, my, the way that I call Democrats. But I'm from Chicago, and we are the home of stolen elections. Yeah, you, uh, you all showed the rest of the country how it's done. Although there are these few pockets of uh, places in different states where there's just a long history of vote shenanigans that have impacted elections. Chicago is obviously one, but Philadelphia and Detroit are others. So the night of the election, I was doing coverage with Bruce Dumont. We were doing a national show he has um, that covers elections. And I was watching the counts come in. And I was there when the lead was almost insurmountable. And that is the time that the machines were shut. There was a three-hour respite. And the next thing you know, good old diapers, or as I call them, diapers Biden, seems to have usurped the most powerful office on the planet. I was suspicious right then. I am suspicious, still unconvinced right now. Am I a kook, or am I, in fact, aware of the skullduggery they're calling in an election? People were absolutely right to be suspicious about how the 2020 election was handled. But what happened was really complicated and complex. Uh, There were... A bunch of different moving parts. One was that throughout 2020, Democrats worked to change election laws or just change election procedures in violation of the law in many states. They did this. You're supposed to do it by going through state legislatures. That's the constitutional way. But sometimes they would just have a rogue state official or local official change procedures to be more their liking. They massively and suddenly expanded tens of millions of mail-in ballots. At the same time, they decreased scrutiny of mail-in ballots. And then also, you know, a big part of my book looks at how Mark Zuckerberg got involved in the election with $419 million of funding to take over government election offices for the first time in history, um, which we didn't really know was going on when it went on, but took months to figure out. I have a hard time when I watch these pseudo-intellectual pretend eriodites with buttery hands and very unsuccessful lives, tell me, shut up. This thing has been questioned. It's been scrutinized. And 81 million people voted for diapers. I still don't buy it. I don't buy it. And I refuse to. Am I on firm ground or am I just stubborn? So for me, what I was thinking of was how in 2016, the entire establishment refused to accept the legitimacy of that election. They said that Donald Trump literally colluded with Russia to steal the election. And this was everybody in the media, everybody in the Democratic Party, a bunch of other people 
who shared this for years, they put this crazy theory out there. And then the moment 2020 happened, they said, you're not allowed to ask any questions at all. Joe Biden is literally the most popular man in the history of the world, far more popular than Barack Obama. And anyone who says anything otherwise is crazy. So they didn't actually investigate what happened. They didn't understand how this private takeover of government election offices had sort of like uh, manipulated vote totals for Biden to um, to exploit weaknesses in our election system, how the changes to election laws led to this um, lopsided result, how differences in how people followed the law affected things. Like we all know that mail-in ballots are usually associated with a certain rejection rate. That rejection rate basically disappeared. That was huge in an election that came down to 43,000 votes across three states. But they didn't look into that. They didn't look into why. They didn't have any thought about whether this was nefarious or something that people were reasonably asking questions about. They just told everybody to shut up. Now, as you know, we are the Marxist mafia capital of the world, Chicago, Illinois, and this is where the Saul Alinsky, there's a reason he came here. There's a reason Barack Obama came here. We also have these Worker Party Unite moron groups that are pretty much anarchists for the most part, but communists, absolutely, who are very good at organizing. And I have always been leery of the term ballot harvesting. This is when in Chicago, we get the municipal workers that actually work for once in a day. They got a list of every retirement home, of every halfway house, of every drug addicted uh, uh, organization that houses hundreds of people. And they all seem to be a very big part of the Democrat base, whether they're aware of it or not, not to mention cemeteries. Has any of this really been vetted or have these lawsuits, in fact, that we were hoping and had all the hope in the world for a overturn of an atrocity have they too been corrupted by politics yeah okay those are two very big issues so first off this is related to this private takeover of government election offices expanding voting day from one day to as much as two months gave democrats months to do ballot harvesting and then usually you don't really know who's voted or who hasn't voted or you have to work really hard to find it out but because they were embedded into the government election offices they knew who had voted and who had not voted so they were able to go and squeeze out every ballot in every apartment house you know and then also because they weren't cleaning up voter lists they were dropping id requirements they were curing ballots, which is where even when someone messes up how they fill out a ballot or they're a fraudulent ballot, you can go and fix it, you know, and you can take the time and energy to fix it. So this is how the operation was run. It was a complete exploitation of our voting laws. And then the issue with the courts is that prior to the election, when people would bring complaints to the courts, courts never like to get involved in election disputes. But prior to election day, they'd say, well, how do we know that this is partisan or how do we know this is a problem? People haven't voted yet. But then after the election, they would say, well, this is moot because people already voted. So courts really did a bad job of of handling the cases that were brought. And then also I have some criticism for the Trump campaign because of how they took some very legitimate cases about the disparity and how voters were treated across a given state. And they tried to turn them into fraud cases or just like weaker cases. And so they had some of their own errors in their handling of that as well. There's also something that I've been aware of for decades, and I don't understand why it didn't win any arguments. Only the state legislature is in control of the voting rules. How in the hell did Democrat hack lawyers, how were they able to change these state laws? And it was able to stand. It's it's mind-boggling, infuriating, 
And I really can't stand Democrats in case I forget to mention that to you. Okay, but the the courts were really the ones who messed this up, right? So in Pennsylvania, it's not just the U.S. Constitution that was the one that handles voting changes. It's the Pennsylvania uh, Constitution that says that. And yet when rogue officials changed it and there were appeals to the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court okayed it. So they weren't allowed to do it. When that was appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, they didn't hear the case prior to Election Day. And then afterwards, they said it was moot. You actually have three justices who are livid about that in their uh, in what they said, either you know before before Election Day or after Election Day, where they say this is you know unconscionable that we wouldn't settle these issues. And how can we have anything handled going forward when we haven't settled this issue of whether the Pennsylvania Supreme Court can arbitrarily change issues um, as they wish? And this happened in states throughout the country. It was a, and it was because of COVID, because of all the cha- push to change. Um, there were just problems all breaking out everywhere. So I, uh, I have to tell you, I've watched these Democrats manipulate and 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 fraudulently represent people and destroy municipalities in a great city like Chicago and a state like Illinois. I'm well aware of all of this scandal that goes on in the Democrat-run mafia municipalities and states. It's it's really a shame. And I couldn't help but notice as uh, we watched history be made in Virginia and we watched New Jersey come up with just the, the Democrat seems to mysteriously catch up. And the one big difference is one has voter ID laws and one doesn't. Can we, in fact, ever fix a system that doesn't reestablish voter integrity laws and a system that we can audit by knowing we're being, in fact, controlled by a legitimate system versus a Democrat mafia system? Yeah, you can't really have a functioning state or a functioning country if you don't have basic protection of your voting system. And you mentioned one of the key issues. I mean, I would say banning private management of government election offices is a no-brainer. Making sure you have credible, consistent voter ID is also a no-brainer, and it absolutely must happen. And it should happen. It should be a nonpartisan issue. Everybody should agree that we have to have that level of basic security. You can fight about mail-in ballots or early voting or, you know, that kind of thing. But if you don't have voter ID, you don't really have a secure system. I think a a majority of the people have lost their faith in a system, uh, in the electoral system of America today, the election system, I should say, and the security measures that should be in place versus watching an entire Democrat party try to hide a change in voting regulation and voting rules, in a spending bill, in a reconciliation bill, whatever it is. It's obvious to me that the party that is fighting to weaken voter integrity is obviously the party that plans on cheating in the future. You think I've gone too far? (laughs) I I think it's so funny the way the media talk about everything. Like, oh, if you think that people should have an ID to vote, that means you're racist, which is insane. And is itself a racist statement to say as if people of a certain hue can't handle getting a uh, getting an identification. But yeah, I'm always like, why is it so important to you that we not be able to prevent cheating? You seem to be suggesting that this is your victory plan. And yet the media never approach it that way. They always act like that, you know, openness, openness to fraud is in no way an indication that that's part of the strategy. So Molly, I, you know, I haven't written a book. I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking about, you know, you've picked a great title. 
I, I, I can't help my wife open the book, said, oh, my God, I love the title of this book. I'm thinking about Rat Bastards, How Marxists Destroyed America. Do you think that that would float or no? <laughs> it might it might have trouble, you know, at the Barnes and Noble, All but right. it has a certain catchiness to it. Thank you very much. She's Molly Hemingway. You know who she is. We all love when she's on Fox. I want to thank you on behalf of frustrated people for writing this book. It helped me and it'll help everybody who reads it. The title of the book is named Rig. Thank you again, Molly, for joining. Me. Thank you. Out of my dreams. Girl. It's a girl song. Um, there's animosity that's built up because so many of us are aware of what exactly happened on election day. I'm not going to sit down and shut up. I've never been good at that. I'm a terrible slave, terrible slave. Good news is I have friends. Those are Americans all around this country. States are rising up and fighting back from everything. But the vaccine mandate, the ridiculousness and their insistence that I don't get a right to my opinion is exactly why so many of us are disgusted with the obvious fraud that got to this point. Got diapers Biden even in that position he should never be in. Uh, We have been stunned at the overreach of the Biden administration. South Carolina. Don't you love that accent? Just makes me feel nice and calm. Everything goes a little slower. It's just a real shame when you're in a hurry down there. What will we do? I will issue an executive order barring any South Carolina cabinet agency from issuing or enforcing any vaccine mandate. Number two, I'll require all state agencies, including the 19 cabinet agencies, to report to me any inquiry or request for vaccination from the federal government. Now, this works, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, it works so well, the Democrat Governor's Association has no plans to give significant financial help to Florida Democrats as they seek to unseat DeSantis. In other words, the party recognizes that the people of these states that demand protection from their state government against the feeble fascist pig and his Marxist mafia, they're winning in big numbers. So when you see South Carolina join lawsuits that are pushing back, cheer them and support them. Because what these state officials know, these ones that are born of American qualities and principles, is that it's about time we put up a fight against this usurper, this flaccid fascist and his corrupt mafia. That is allowed by law. Both of those things are allowed by law. Now, we are one of eight states who are in a lawsuit already against the federal government for its unlawful orders against federal contractors, and it extends beyond them to subcontractors and others in contact with subcontractors. We have filed a lawsuit led by the state of Georgia, joined by six other states. There may be others joining later. This is great. I wonder if the Democrat morons that thought you could push people around, that were under the assumption you butter-handed fascists were going to win, had an idea just how many Americans would not tolerate it. It's those same Americans that do not 
respect your so-called office that many of us, millions upon millions, feel you usurped. I am so happy to see states join against this feeble fascist and his Marxist mafia cabal. I can't tell you. Bart Bridgeport. Hey, Daddy O. Hey, first, is there a way I can get you an email, like, uh, through the station or the cigar store or something? I wanted to ask you something. Um, I don't want to talk about it on the air. Oh, boy. But, uh, How's that for just a cliffhanger? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Shoot me an email. You got my email. Yeah. No, I don't. What is it? All right. Uh, if I give it out on air, I'm going to get a bunch of – anyway, I give it out on anyway. air. Oh, okay. It's shot here. Do this. Liberty Real Estate 99 at gmail.com. Do that one. You got it. Liberty Real Estate 99. Now, here's the thing, man. That guy Tom before, I consider myself kind of a libertarian, but if you really were a libertarian, you want to advance those principles. Yeah. These last two elections were binary choices, and there was no question whether it would be Hillary or diapers, which one was going to which one was going to do more damage? So now let me, can I, can I, I'm going to speak up for myself. I'm not going to speak for Tom because I wouldn't do that for anybody, but I'm going to speak up for myself. Okay. In 2016, I, I have been an aficionado of Donald Trump for decades because I was a child in the 80s who started to work and I had read everything I could about capitalism and those people who appeared to have taken advantage of it. So in the 80s, I was shocked and mortified when I realized what Donald Trump had done by supporting and being a Democrat, by owning Chuck Schumer, by investing in very Democrat, heavy, uh, heavy mafia, Marxist-run states, and really a bit of a scoundrel, if I may say so myself. So when he ran in 16, I was not on the Trump bandwagon. I had supported uh, Cruz up until he was maligned and, and, and lied about. And then I simply didn't support Trump in 16. I wrote on my election ballot, none of the above they're not good enough for me. When Trump ruled and I saw some of the policies, he won me over with some of his policies, still never accepting Liza Minnelli, Mnuchin, or the fraud Peter Navarro. I'm sorry I feel that way. And I didn't like how he hired 271 lobbyists. So I didn't buy in. However, when he ran against the feeble fascist, who I knew what he would do to this country, I 110% got behind Trump because that's what you had to do. And he had proved himself to be better than I expected, better than I anticipated. And really, I feel if he had won, we would, I know what we would be. We would not be nearly as, as bad as we are now. Not, not by a long oh, shot. So, you know, to yeah. me, you had to, have that, you had to have that understanding or you don't get the virtue flag of, I, 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 don't, I don't like him and I don't like his policies. Because he had proven to be a far better, far more conservative leader than George W. Bush by far, not even close. He had stood by those principles of Americanism. And it's through me looking at his actual policies that he won me over. How he didn't win everybody over, I don't know. You know, the thing about it is too many people need the president to be like a father figure for them, and there's no politician who can fill that role anyway. So what you need is to obey the principles of what you like to refer to as Americanism. You know, you're one of my favorites. I'm butt up against the break. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for calling. Listen, Victoria in Burlington, Wisconsin. I'm going to ask you to hang on. I'm gonna, I want I want to talk to her before we do Friday features with me. But it is Friday features with me. We're going to go to Tom Beck in the news and come back and do that. But I want to take Victoria first. 
you're going to all bear with me because uh, it's my show. I'll be back after this. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right. So Victoria, unfortunately, could not hang on. But I will address her point later before we end the show. I can't believe how fast it went by today. Um, so I'm going to give you my movie. Now, the movie, was actually, I believe it's a remake. It was made originally in the 60s, and it had Lee Marvin, if I'm not mistaken. In it. It's called Point Blank. It's a new movie that was made by, or not new, newer, 2019, by Netflix. Now, when you look at the movie on Netflix, they really do a disservice. Sometimes this Rotten Tomato has it right. Sometimes it has it wrong. On Rotten Tomatoes, it had a 40%. I watched it yesterday. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And sure enough, on Google, it has 73% that liked the movie. It's called Point Blank. It's on Netflix. It has in it a great cast. I highly recommend you take a look at it. It's it from beginning to end. It opens up action. It ends with very satisfaction. Ooh, that's good for a Sean show, huh? All right, that was my movie. Now, for the documentary, I'm going to tell you right now, it's called uh, Stalin-Trotsky, A Battle to Death. It's on Prime Video. It is a fantastic documentary. And I always say Trotsky died the only way somebody who's spewing communism should die. I hit it wrong. It was not a ball-peen hammer. It was an ice pick. Highly recommend you take a look at that. All right, now to your movie and documentary. Scott in Portage, Indiana. Yeah, Sean. Well, I screwed up. I got you two documentaries. I'll remember. No, no, no. Time. It's okay. It's not a screw up as long as I love it. Give it to me, baby. Okay. What do you got? Uh, why we fight? World War Two. Was it World War Two or Vietnam? It's like a combination of it all. It starts with... Um, Eisenhower and the military complex. It goes all the way up to the top. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, I I I I read about it. Didn't watch it, but I will. I think it's on Prime seen. Video. Go ahead. Prime Video. All right, what else you got? Uh, second one's uh, outrage. You're the second person that told me about this outrage. <laughs> Touch upon really? what it's about. What's it about? Well, it's about being in the closet, Democrat Republican. It's pretty much why we call it the swamp all right i'm gonna watch it you're the second person thank you very much scott mainly thank you for listening i appreciate the call thank you all right dave and wheaton hey sean uh the movie that i'd recommend it's an old classic lost horizon it's got ronald coleman and jane wyatt she was the mother and father knows best oh she's great and, and in her young days she was a looker i was kind of impressed um <laughs> The other movie, the opening scene will remind you of Afghanistan when they're trying to flee China. Um, anyway, uh, the second movie is, it, it's kind of, it's a documentary of sorts called uh, A Day in August. And it's a black and white film that shows actu- actual footage of um, World War One and all the people and players, the socialists, everybody. I think and, I and walked in the cigar store and I think... Uh... My Russian friend was playing this. I think I've, but I didn't see the whole thing. I saw half of it. It, it, it well, that's probably enough. But it, but it is kind of fascinating to see like the actual people in history, and the and the royals and the you know. 
All right. it, it, it's fascinating. Yeah. Now, Dave, you remember the movie I said, right? Point Blank. Now, listen. Point Blank. Now, it's got a nineteen. It's got a 2019, but it also has a 1967. They're both excellent. So take a look at it. Tell me what you think, all right? Okay, Point Blank. Got it. Thank, Thank you. you. Dan, Downers Grove. Hey, Sean. Hey, buddy. My movie pick this week is The Siege of Firebase Glory with Arlie Ermey. And the reason I picked this one today is because I think of you as like the Arlie Ermey of the radio. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that very much. It's called Siege. All right. The Siege of Firebase Gloria. Siege Great movie. Of Firebla- I, I, you got me stumped. I, I haven't watched it, so I'm going to see it. Yeah. And I'll let you know if I'm offended or not on Monday. No, I'm kidding. All right. Be offended. Thank you very much. How about a documentary? You got a documentary? I don't. All right. Fair enough. Tripped them up on the documentary. Dan, thank you so much. I appreciate the call. Now I'm going to, we have a little respite. 312 642 5600 if you care to give me your movies and your documentaries. But now I have time to address Victoria, who I'm sure was a wonderful person, however, very busy. She couldn't hang on. And her comment prior to the movie Friday Features with me was. She had bought season tickets for an event for a, a, I don't know what it was. She didn't get to tell me, but she couldn't watch unless she got the vaccine. This is an atrocity in America. All right. What we're living through is the most anti-American thing that could ever happen. Well-being in America. And uh, I want to address this because I talked about my cousin, my wife's cousin, who was my cousin yesterday and her son, Frankie. And that he was no longer going to be able to fence or unless he put the mask on. Now, that, this is the crucial point, is that we have an obligation to set an example for our children. And it's expensive sometimes, and it's uncomfortable sometimes. But I think it's appropriate that we talk about it during Friday Features with me. Because one day there will be a movie made about America right now and the year that broke the principles of America. One day it will happen. Now, whether it's called 2020 or whether it's called the greatest atrocity to freedom and liberty, I don't know. But there will be a movie made. And it won't be about those fascist scum that are demanding you give up American principles and Americanism to comply with the, uh, with the crowd, with the tyrants, with the collective. That won't be the movie. The movie will be, have heroes in it. And those will be the people that stood opposed to the fascism, opposed to the tyranny. It'll be the mothers, like my cousin, who pulled their kid out of a hobby that the kid loved because she knew if she kept him in and taught him how to be a slave, it wouldn't matter if he enjoyed himself while he learned how to be a Soviet. It's about those women out there and men who say, I will give up my job if I must to remain an American. This is the most important fight this nation has faced. Now, there's a lot of people who say, what about the world's greatest generation? What were they fighting? They were fighting the National Socialist Worker Party of Germany, the Third Reich. What you're fighting right now is the American Nazis, the Fourth Reich. Why do you think the bills that we're debating and everything we're talking about is about the Socialist Worker Party? party of america this is the real fight it's an intellectual fight that's the difference doesn't have uniforms and i don't think hugo boss is going to make the next socialist although i don't know what i do know is it's the same fight only this one will be done with our actions and our mind 
and our ability to articulate the argument of why we stand for liberty and freedom. The question is, do you want to do you want to part in it? Do you want to part in it? Then pick the right side, because the part in this that movie and the glory and the awards won't go to the people joining the fascistic regime. They're fungible. Nobody knows anybody in Mussolini's army. Nobody knows any of the regular soldiers in the Third Reich. You want to be known for putting up a fight against the Fourth Reich? Then stand your ground. Sorry, Victoria, I'm sure you're a wonderful person. You, you, you're not going to be able to go to the games, though. You bought the ticket, you're going to have to take a haircut. But isn't it important that you stand for a principle? Because before I capitulate to what I know is wrong, and you know it's wrong, in your bones, you know you shouldn't have to be forced to do anything. I'll take the haircut on the season tickets, will you? 312-642-5600. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, heart attack. It's a great song. Never looking back, it's you want to know another great movie? I always forget it, but I loved it when it came out. I went to the show, and I believe I took a lovely strumpet. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Valley Girl with Nicolas Cage. Did you ever see it? Oh, Bonnie, you're such a child. Watch that movie. He is fantastic. I got a little soft spot for Nicolas Cage. I love him. In fact, I, when I see him in a movie, even though he's a B-movie actor now, I can't, I can't help but I watch the damn movie. I like Nicolas Cage. I know about Francis Ford Coppola, the uncle. I know it all. I mean, I, oh, that sounded right. Don't ever let Misty cut that where I say I know it all and then she plays it when I screw up. Dossier, Dozer, and the rest of it. All right, Phil, Downers Grove. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Phil. Hi, Sean. How you doing? Wonderful. How are you? Okay, uh, real classic. Northwest Passage with Spencer Tracy and oh, Walter Brennan. Saw it years ago. Years ago, my grandmother loved Spencer Tracy. Whenever he was on, we got to stop everything. It was the only time she stopped cooking. We'd have to watch it. I saw this movie when I was a kid. Uh, they actually filmed a lot of it on site. So it's it's definitely worth a look. Phil. And uh, the documentary is called John Adams. Oh, all right. I'm going to watch that one. Wasn't it something, yeah, though, how, how, how great the movies were when there was very little computer animation in them, if any at all? And it was just even even if they had to do the sets, like in the Cary Grant movies, you know that that's the, the, a couple of them are sets, but you still, it was just such better acting. It was such a yeah. better time. And uh, I am so looking forward to revisiting this movie, Phil. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Greg and LaGrange. Hey, how you doing? You what? know what? I had a quick change on the movie uh, that I told Misty. That's all right. The movie the movie I think you should see, if you've never seen it, is Re-Fi-Fi. It's a French film noir movie about a jewel heist. All right. Outstanding. I love everything about the French except their spelling, but I love everything oh, else about them. And it's a great movie. If I'm the not mistaken, that's where, where where the females shaving their legs was started. So I love them for that. I don't know how those Amish people live, but go ahead. The documentary is is something I saw a long time ago. It was called The Korean War: Fire and Ice, and it goes into the entire start of the war and how Stalin tricked Mao into doing the dirty work there. The last, oh, the last, I mean, the last war that the Americans fought on actual American principles, in my mind, it really is. Yep. And I don't say that with disrespect to the soldiers. I had an uncle and a cousin killed in Vietnam, 
But it's the last time I think the American government knew the, the reason it was fighting and didn't lie to the people. The rest of it, I think they just realized they could capitalize and blindfold very good people with phony patriotism. It's a shame. But uh, might as well end it on a real sour note and cause a lot of drama. David and Lansing, worst joke teller ever. I'll let you get your joke in on Monday. You're not going to end my Friday features with a ridiculous joke. Everybody have a great weekend. Watch a movie. See you people at Freedom Summit. I can't wait.